right-hander against the right-hander. The outfield is straight up and deep on Fielder. He is the DH today. Swing. There's a drive to left. That one is long gone. The long gone. A Detroit Tigers podcast. My name is Randy. I'm coming to you from the pod jack outside beautiful Bay City, Michigan. And with me is my comrade in this trip. His name is Dennis. What's up, sir? Oh, man, I've been drinking beer since noon. Watch the Tigers. Uh, you know, they won seven straight, and then we, we've we kind of hit a, a rough patch here. A.J. Hinch fucked the game up tonight, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I am Dennis. I am from Midland, Michigan, and this is long gone. This is long gone, and everybody listening, if you're a Tigers fan or a sports fan or a baseball fan in general, what you need to do since we're just starting out Go ahead and tell all your friends about us. That's the best thing you could possibly do. Don't just stand there like the house by the side of the road and watch this one go by. We want to stick around for a great long while. So. I bet you got a, I bet you guys have a friend in Skidway Lake that would love to listen to this podcast. That's a beautiful area, Dennis. Beautiful <coughs> area. It is a beautiful area. Uh, so this is the first episode of Long Gone. Uh, this is an idea that me and Randy had about you know three or four five six seven years ago that we we we, we were kind of dreaming this idea of and we felt that uh, today would be the best time to start it all out Randy, here it is because the I tigers w- are rebuilding and you know we're rebuilding too we're trying to rebuild our lives into something more meaningful and we're hoping this podcast gives it that meaning right Give us a reason to live, goddamn. Justify our existences. <laughs> so I guess my quite my first question, Randy, is how long have you been a Tigers fan, and why do you continue to be a Tigers fan? <laughs> I have been well. <laughs> the why is probably probably because I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> Let's just put it out there. You have a you have a fetish for pain. I do have a fetish for pain. I mean. Uh, Listeners know that the Tigers had a real successful streak for a while there. Yeah. Surrounding all that is a whole bunch of pain and suffering. (laughs) So I don't, I'm not sure how old you are. Are you the same age as me? I'm 44. Uh, roughly I'm 39 about to turn 40. Okay. So, so you've lived, you've, you've experienced the same kind of years as a Detroit Tiger fan. Like, so the last time we won a world championship was 1984, obviously. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's listening to that show, listening to this show knows that. 84. The last time we should have won a world championship was 2012 and also 2006, but 2006 for sure. We should have yeah. beat, we should have beat the Cardinals. Uh, 2012, we lost to the pa- uh, Padres. Giants. Uh, Giants. Giants. Yeah. Uh, uh, that guy, the, the relief pitcher for the Giants that year, Romo, is that his last name? Yeah, yeah. I, he, his, his dancing around on the mound after they won is embedded into the, into my heart and my soul, and it hurts, and I hate him. And if there was a purge, if there was an illegal purge, I would. That's probably who I would kill. You're up, Sergio. Yeah. Oh, I, also, I think you might want to step back, Dennis. Don't get oh. us canceled already. Okay, okay, back it up. Rewind. Um, producer, play the rewind Rewind sound. Rewind yes. sound. Thank you so much. I, I am intoxicated right now. I, I, I don't oh. know how I can how else I can say that, but um, but yeah. So you understand that we haven't had a world championship 
since 1984. That was going to be the way it was for the rest of our days. Like, yeah, the Tigers were going to be the basement dwellers. We were never going to win again. The laughing stock. And then all of a sudden they turned a corner. And I think it happened with one Pud Rodriguez. Would you agree? Uh, Well, see, that's a touchy subject with me. Uh, Uh Oh, here we go. So I know that Pudge was the first free agent that we signed. Well, technically that we signed. We brought yeah. Juan Gonzalez in a year or two before that. Oh, my God. Don't get... Listen, this is my <laughs> gripe with the stripes here. So everyone says that Pudge was, well, maybe not Dennis, but everyone other than Dennis thinks that Pudge was maybe the turnaround that made all the free agents come, and that was the beginning of glorious days, right? Mm-hmm. Well, young me in 1999 thought that Juan Gonzalez was going to be the answer. Yes. I was so excited. Absolutely. I thought so too. He I got thought. traded to the Tigers. Uh the year before he he had a hundred RBI before the All-Star break. The first player to do that since one Hank Greenberg Tigers fans. So I had stars in my eyes. I thought, well this is wait, great. hold on, timeout, timeout. He was the first person to have a hundred RBIs? Before the All Star break. Oh, before okay, okay, I missed that. Yeah. Part. Okay. I mean, listening is an acquired skill, Dennis, and I just <laughs> need you to have that. I will promise to try to listen for the rest of this episode. Okay, I like that. I like that promise. So he was a two-time MVP. He has all these accolades. I'm like, this is it. He gets to the Tigers and he's the drizzling shits. Well, first off, though, first let, let's we're 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 missing the big part. He asked for the, the 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 fences to be brought in. He yes. he was the first diva of divas. Yes. He in order for any contract extension discussions to be had, he wanted the fences brought in. <laughs> Listen, I could hit 30 home runs or I could hit 55. Just bring the fences in. You just got to bring them in. <laughs> Make those outfields 200 feet. In the meantime, he didn't even get close to fucking 30 home runs with the Tigers in his in his stint. No, he did not. And it was the worst. He missed a good chunk of the season because he had all this back pain. And I don't know. Maybe it, he did. Maybe he didn't. But God, that ruined my, my starry eyes. Did you take all your Juan Gonzalez baseball cards outside and rip them up? I did not, but I probably should have. Do you still have them? Did you uh, know that he has 13 kids? No, I He uh, has 13 kids. This is the segment of the program we call Juan Gonzalez Facts. <laughs> no, Juan I did Gonzalez, not know that. I'm pretty sure he does. I, I might be making that up. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to hold it to be true because in my heart uh, I believe it. <laughs> I'm pretty I I'm pretty sure that I'm correct. Growing up, who was your favorite Detroit Tiger fan? Uh, T- Detroit Tiger fan. Who was your favorite Detroit Tiger fan, Randy? 
<laughs> my favorite Detroit Tiger fan was my cousin. Boy, did he root for those Tigers real hard. Uh, my favorite good Detroit... job, cousin. Yeah, good job, cousin. I mean, growing up when I, when I was a kid and into my early 20s, uh, it was Bobby Higginson. I really liked... I like the combination of Tony Clark and Bobby Higginson. Okay. I dig that, that was really my sweet spot when I was watching the Tigers back in the day. I would say that Bobby Higginson was probably my favorite Tiger during the 90s era. Yeah. From like 93 to 99 or whatever. He just seemed like the embodiment of what the 80s Tigers were all about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he, he had. He wasn't super. Wasn't super super talented, but he had a lot of heart, and he did a lot with that heart. Yeah, and he had that one really great season where it looked like he was going to make the All Star team, and he lost out to one Maglio Ordonez. Oh, I hate that guy. That guy. That guy provided. He provided one of the best moments in my my life watching the Tigers. The one owed. Swinging a fly ball, left field, it's deep, it's way back! The Tigers are going to the World Series! Three-run walk-off home run! Oh, man! Ojoji has the World Series! He's into a box seat at home! The Tigers have beat the A's six to three, completed a four-game sweep! In one of the greatest turnarounds in baseball history. Yes, absolutely. So um, I was, I think I, I came out of my mom's vagina as a Detroit Tigers fan. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I don't remember a time when I was not thinking about the Tigers, uh, hoping that the Tigers would win. Uh, and at some points, I've been told that I can't watch the Tigers because my health is deteriorated because of it. I, my anger and my anxiety and my emotions are tilted very much by the Detroit Tigers. Um, so fast forward to 2006, Detroit Tigers playing the Oakland Athletics, one Maglio Ordonez with his mm. beautiful, beautiful locks. Oh, yes. And he hit that home run. And I'm not a religious person. But I fell to my knees and I screamed, God, yes! And my stepmom at the time was very, (laughs) very (laughs) confused. And she looked at my dad and she said, is he okay? And my dad, and I remember this for the rest of my life. I remember it like it was yesterday. He said, he's been waiting for this for so long. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was such a great moment. I I was in the living room of my parents' house, and I fell to the floor cheering, and I watched Placido Polanco round third base yes. with that ridiculous head Such a scarf. stupid fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That was a great time. Um, do you, So when the celebration began, do you remember that baseball coming out of nowhere from, like, left field? As, a, mm. as as all the relief pitchers are running towards home plate. No. Okay, so watch the replays. There's there's a ball that comes out of nowhere. It's a mysterious ball that comes out of nowhere, and no one has ever addressed this. And, <laughs> it, 
<laughs> I, I just need to know who threw it. The Great Conspiracy. That's so bookmark this part of the show, guys, and then yeah. we'll all try to find out who threw that ball. Yeah. If you were the man or woman <laughs> who threw that ball during that celebration, we want to know. We'll have you on the podcast. We'll interview you because I have some questions. <laughs> I have some questions, too. One, how did you throw it so far up in the air to perfectly land and almost hitting the relief pitchers? It was amazing. Um, but do you remember? Okay, so we're all over the place right now because this is the first episode. We want to get all this shit out, right? I think. Yeah, I think it's fairly linear. I think the people can follow along. Do you remember when the Tigers defeated the Yankees and they came out and celebrated with the crowd? I do remember that. Um, That was bookmarked in my mind with the dominant Kenny Rogers performance. Yes. That, like, I've never seen a pitching performance like that in my life. Like I've seen no hitters and I've seen almost perfect games, but something about that pitching performance really just is number one in my mind. He became like Cy Young. He became like Steve Carlton. Oh man. And I just remember him, Kenny Rogers being interviewed after the game about what he did. And it was like, he was on, in a different universe, like he was just still laser focused and wasn't quite coming down from that adrenaline eye yet. It was great. Now, do you so do you you do remember that there was some maybe some hijinks? He had some oh, tar, some tar on his on his hands. I do remember some stick some unknown substances possibly <laughs> on his forearm, but. You know what? It's the Yankees. I don't really care. Yeah, they they've been they probably like four out of nine hitters were on steroids at that time. So I think it all levels out. I mean, and let's face it, they're still cracking down on quote unquote sticky stuff and with pitchers, so whatever. They're, they're they crack down this is our MLB portion of the conversation. Yeah. They, they they've they've Taking away spider tech, is that what they call it? Yeah, something like that, yeah. They 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 took away all of the cheating methods so badly that Trevor Bauer raped a woman to get out of the league. I mean <laughs> he, he, he realized he was no good. I'm out <laughs> I mean, people suspected he was a stupid shit before, so he, he was like, you know ass- what? I'm really gonna prove to everyone what an asshole I truly am. So now we fast forward to 2021 a rebuilding season if you ask me but al avila says that the team is no longer rebuilding yeah i find that interesting because boy if you would have looked around to any sort of website that talked about baseball in any way shape or form you would have thought the tigers were the next harbinger of the apocalypse with their (laughs) how horrible they were I mean, my God, this team was, like, lambasted for being a complete disaster, the worst team in baseball. Everyone was calling Al Avila a complete failure. All of a sudden, they're no longer rebuilding. It's weird how that happens after seven games of winning, right? It's funny because I remember that time in May, and they <laughs> kind of seemed like a complete disaster. <laughs> when they were, like, nine and... 26 or something 
Yeah, but a funny thing happened, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put a lot of the credit on AJ Hinge's shoulders. I think this team obviously is not built to win a World Series. However, they play hard every single night. They don't give up. They don't give up, and I give a lot of that credit to AJ Hinge. They, in my mind, they love playing for that man. You know what? I honestly uh, agree. Uh, I I often wondered if AJ Hinch had ended up in New York instead of Detroit, where New York would be right now. Because the Yankees clearly have a lot more talent on the main roster, but for some reason they're not playing to their talents. Yeah, I mean, the Tigers are record-wise, in terms of wins, catching up with the Angels and St. Louis and the the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> and uh I mean and they probably shouldn't be. Oh, absolutely. They're not a playoff team right now. So the the, the last seven games have been great. They've been fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's nice it's nice to see the players laughing and smiling and high fiving. But at the end of the day the reality is this we're two years away from winning anything. Uh we're two players away from making a wild card run next year. Yeah, and I think the pitching, you've seen glimpses of it being there. And obviously, it's probably going to get better with experience. Like tonight, Casey Mize did something that I really appreciated. He was dominating the game, gave up a run, and acted like it was the worst thing that possibly could have happened. It was like somebody reached around and punched his mother. He was so pissed off about it, and I appreciate that. It wasn't just a ho-hum thing for him. Sure, he turned around and gave up a three-run home run after that, but... But, but... He cares. Here's the deal with that, though, and and, and I will... I I, I said it on Twitter. That was on Hinch. That was AJ's... uh, The previous inning, you could tell that Mize's arm was dead. He was throwing a lot of balls. He was throwing a lot of pitches out of the, uh, the zone. He just looked done. And at, at that point in the fourth inning, he was at like 65 pitches, I think. Yeah. And well, I, I thought it was curious, too, because his leash the past four games has been like around 50-ish pitches before he right. gets yanked. But you could tell that he was laboring in that last, that the previous inning. And I said it before the three-run homer. I said, take him out now or you're going to lose this game. And lo and behold... Boom. It's like they don't understand that I, I play MLB 2021 constantly. <laughs> I understand the metrics of pitching. I, you get it. You should be I, on listen, the bench with A.J. Hinch. Listen, I have a beer belly. I barely move. I'm built for managing baseball teams. You're you're practically a younger version of Gene Lamont. Let's face yes. it. Yes. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. So... Avila said, and I quote, right now we have no pressure at all to make any trades. Which is true. Which is true. Yes. We don't have the type of high salary aging player that we need to trade to rebuild per se. We're on the upswing. We're actually hoping to acquire players at some point where and when it makes sense. That's interesting. That part is the most interesting of the, of the, of the comments. Because one, 
He's basically saying we don't really have anybody that we can trade. Scope we can trade maybe, but we're not going to get a lot for him. Yes. Because because he's a free agent. Attaining talent in the future tells me he's kind of showing his hand a little bit. Yes, and this is what I was curious about because this is what I feel like they need to do at this point. It's interesting because I feel like he said what I've been thinking they need to do, and that's spend money. Yes. They And they have all those hot young prospects in the minors waiting to come up, but they still need a couple of veteran bats. Like right now, if you had a couple impact sluggers, it'd be a different team. Absolutely. Um, who would you go after? Do you, do you have any, anybody in your mind? Um, I might have to bring up the free agent list. I know Carlos Correa is a free agent, and you and think, oh, he's a shortstop, and he's got the hinge ties, maybe. Yeah, and that's been a huge uh, a rumor that he's probably going to end up in Detroit. Yeah, I'm still hoping because I'm a fanboy for Verlander to come back, so there's that. I think, you know... Verlander will end up in Detroit before his career is over with. I would like to see Verlander. He's not going to win. So he's he's stuck on this idea that he's going to get to 300 wins, and it's not going to happen. Not yeah. after losing this season. So yeah. what I would really love to see Justin Verlander do is uh, convert to a, a fucking badass closing, closing pitcher who comes in for the last inning and throws 100 miles an hour for three batters and just strikes them out. Yeah, I agree with that. I think his future is going to be eventually in in the bullpen. Whether or not he chokes on that pill next year when he comes back, I don't know. But it's in. Oh, I'm looking at the list now. Apparently, Freddie Freeman's a free agent. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant's going to end up uh, in Boston by the time by the end of the season, probably. Signs a deal with Boston. That's what my guess is. I could see that. Um, this is a shitty list, so I don't know. Uh, Trevor Story is a free agent. That was another rumored uh, interest, but you know everyone's interested in in Trevor Story. Yeah, absolutely. And I I I think J D Martinez is up not this year but next year, so that might be a thing. Who knows? What about Max Scherzer? Max Scherzer would be very interesting to me, too, because he really hasn't missed a beat at all. He's been so fucking dominant. You know, it's, he's been so good for so long that even on this off year, and, and when I say off year, he's like, his winning, his record's not a winning record because, well, they're not winning. Yeah. But his his ERA and his strikeouts are still right there. Yeah, his ERA is still under three right now, I think. So, it. He's had such an amazing career, and I don't think people realize how great he's been for so long. It's it's crazy how, how good he's been for so long. I remember when we first picked him up from Arizona, I want to say. Yeah, yep, Arizona. Yeah, and there was a lot of people saying that he would never become a great pitcher because of the, the, the way he delivered the ball, that it was a, a very um, violent delivery. But this guy has thrown two no-hitters. He's won, like, three Cy Youngs. And this is why I don't listen to experts. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, even with his, his mid-30s age, he's still been so dominant. It's, it's crazy. And the only thing that 
worries me a little bit about him is this year he's starting to have little minor injuries here and there, but still I would love to have him on my team. Just having a guy like that on the staff also. So that could you imagine him? Yeah. Teaching Mize and Manning and school school. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just having that presence is that's kind of what Kenny Rogers did for Verlander, you know, for sure. I have a question about the announcing on this team. Is Matthew Shepard the worst fucking baseball announcer in the history of baseball? He's definitely no <laughs> Mario and Pemba. And it's sad to think that we had a a baseball announcer that would engage in their engage in fisticuffs and headlocks <laughs> with their broadcast think, partner. I so I always think about th- that uh, that announced team with Mario and Rod just sitting next to each other, and I can always I, I always picture Rod pulling out like a a knife and like flip, <laughs> flipping it out and just like mimicking the throat. <laughs> yeah. But so there's rumors that Ma- Matthew Shepard and uh, Jack Morris don't get along, and there was kind of there was kind of this thing tonight on on the uh, game. I don't know if you noticed it. But uh, Jack said something, Matt said something, and then Jack kind of underneath Matt's talking, he kind of corrected him. <laughs> like really subtly, like it was a name. Um, Shepard said something, said someone's name, and Jack was like, no, it's Campbell. Or something. I don't even remember what it was, but there was this really underlying passive aggressiveness that I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Who's going to th- throw the chair? Well, two things. One, anytime I think of Rod Allen about to talk, attack Mario and Pemba, I always think he's about to say, you done cross the line this time, partner. I see you, boy. I see you. I see you in Pemba. And also, <laughs> I, I don't watching, know. <laughs> I was watching clips of uh, video of Tigers games tonight, uh-huh. and, and uh, Pudge hit a home run. And Rod Allen said this sentence I see, I see you little pudgy high fly ball deep in the left did he do it it's gone it's a walk-off home run for pudge and the magic continues pudgy what the fuck yeah i mean well he's the whole reason i like i liked marcus thames as a baseball player the fact that rod allen called marcus thames country strong was my favorite thing ever so he also um he had this fetish of uh just standing there at the batting cages watching yeah remember that you you talked about yeah at the batting cages yeah he just name drop like a motherfucker and Uh, to go back to your point about Matt, uh, Shep and Jack Morris, I kind of think that Jack Morris kind of has like an abrasive sort of personality. That's just what I gather. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I'm not sure it's anything that Shepard has done. I just think that's kind of who he is. Yeah, I can see that. He he thinks of himself as the Hall of Famer with a no-hitter and a couple yeah. World Championships. I, I yeah, mean, because... Him and Gibby together are pretty good. I, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of uh, online dislike for Gibby. 
Oh, that's that's an awful take. It's 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 such a horrible horrible take because one, the dude is suffering from a a, a horrible disease. Yes. Two, the dude still knows fucking baseball. I was watching four nights ago, uh, the 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 game where, oh fuck, who hit it? All I know is that he knew that that ball was – oh, it was it was Miguel Cabrera. Uh-huh. He hit that uh, bloop single where uh, Scope scored from first base. But mm-hmm. he's seen he seen the ball hit the the bat, and he's seen where and, – and, you know, we don't, we don't have the full vantage point of the cameras. We only see where the ball lands or where it's hit. Uh, he's seen how the ball hit the bat, and he knew exactly where the ball was going. And a scope was rounding second. He said, "Go!" <laughs> it, because he knew those the, the outfielder, the center yeah. fielder, and the shortstop was not going to get the ball. And I was like, "Okay, this guy has a hard time communicating simple things." What the game of baseball is so ingrained into his into his mind and his heart that he is so much smarter than all of us. Yeah, I have a soft spot spot for Gibby because. Uh, back in '02 and '03, he was an announcer with the Tigers with Josh Lewin. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it was. That, those were the best, the best commentating TV years for sure. Oh, a hundred percent, because those teams were fucking shit. What? But it was so they made it so entertaining. I mean, they talk about baseball. They'd also talk about a lot of other things. Yeah, because, Josh was kind of a nerd. He was. He yeah. Was a, yeah. Yeah, and it was they were just so entertaining. So when Gibby was announced to come back, I was so excited because I flashed back to that time, and I'm like, yes, do that. As far as Shep goes, like you're not the first person I've heard that that has said that he's the worst at his job. He's just so boring. Yeah, and that's that's I've heard a lot of people say that. I don't necessarily mind him. Um. I kind of respect the fact that this is his dream. His dream yeah, has get, come to I get life. That. I get that. He's he's the biggest Michigan sports fanboy there ever was. So he's just kind of living his dream. I'm sure there's plenty of other play by play guys that are a it's lot more talented. It's my dream too, Randy. It's my team. My well, dream. maybe this podcast will propel you into that spot. I'll be your analyst. Oh, just imagine. How many times we'll get fines from the FCC for (laughs) saying the fuck word. But speaking of the trade deadline, do you think Scope gets traded? You know, I've been reading the trade rumors, and I just don't see where he fits anybody. I I, I, I don't see where – I mean, yeah, he's got a good good bat. He's a good defenseman. Um, I just don't see how he's going to help – a championship caliber team? I, I I don't know. I Yeah, I don't see him fitting in many places either, and that's the problem. And the thing is, we're going to need someone pretty decent for him, which doesn't make any sense because I just said that he doesn't fit with a championship team, but he's also valuable enough for us that we can't just give him away for nothing. Yeah. But uh, we're not, but we're not going to get anything of great stature we're not going to get a draft pick we're not going to get a high 
prospect. Prospect. We're not going to get anything from. I mean, what we'd get from him is something that we'd probably use for a season. But I, there's nothing that says there's nothing that tells me that it's it's beneficial. I agree with that. Like, I don't know. A month ago, I would have said, "Oh yeah, Scope's gone. He's he's going." But now they're winning and they they're having fun and. Yeah, that's the thing that you can see that they're legitimately having a lot of fun. And I think that's a lot of it, too. I think that's why they're playing way beyond what they should be, because they're actually having fun. It's not a miserable atmosphere there. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Um, What do you think Hinch is telling them? Like, what do you how is he changing the narrative in the in the dugout, in the locker room? What is what is Hinch doing differently than uh, Ron? What Ron was doing? Well, I think Ron was hired to be kind of a transition person. And so he, he wasn't trying to win or lose. He was just trying to get the ship to the next. Yeah, port. and I think he understood that. I think he, I don't know, if if you have that in your head, that you're kind of a bridge to something better, I don't know that you're going to put in your A effort. You're just complacent. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And Hinch, I mean, he he had that year off of baseball for the whole cheating scandal with the Astros. But when he was hired as the Astros manager, he inherited a talented Astros team, but they were all young and inexperienced and didn't know what they were doing. Right. Uh, The Tigers, as far as the hitters go, they're not necessarily all young. But I don't know. He's, he, I guess that's the mark of a good manager. Like, if you look at the 2006 Tigers, they weren't the most talented lineup in the league. Somehow Leland got them to mesh together and become something better. And I think, yeah, I think I've, Hinch somehow has that ability, too. I've, I've, I've tried to figure out what happened in that 2006 season that – the previous year there were seventy one and ninety one. Yeah. Under, under Alan Trammell. Basically the same team. Yeah. Really? I mean, there was a few exceptions. Uh Chris Shelton came out of nowhere. <laughs> sure. Um and Verlander was a was a bigger presence. Um but for the most part, why did they jump twenty two games or twenty three games? And it has to be Leland's. It's it's got to be just the I way mean, he managed in the in in the dugout. So in my day job, I'm not going to say what I do, but I've witnessed he, a lot he's of. He's a porn star. Oh well, you know, I've witnessed a lot of uh, people recently give presentations. These are people who are uh, with big companies and they give presentations to sell. And these people are able to be so charismatic and unbelievably good at their jobs at selling you whatever bullshit they need to sell (laughs) that all I can do is just stand up and clap. I'm like, you are excellent at your job. (laughs) And I think that's what a good manager does. He, he not necessarily sells bullshit, but he's a salesman of some sort, you know? Well, if you're a Pittsburgh pirate manager, you're selling bullshit for sure. Um, yeah. But that's the thing, though. Like with Leland and Hinch, they're totally different managers. Sure. Leland, Leland was very charismatic. I don't mm-hmm. think Hinch is charismatic at all. I think he's more of a by the book, 
uh, sabermetrics, uh, numbers, that kind of manager. Maybe. Maybe he is fond of the up and downs in utilizing that farm system for sure. And maybe that's why we've had more success this year with him because the players that we have now are younger and understand that version of the baseball game over what Gardenhire was coaching. Yeah, that could be. It's interesting. It is interesting. I I don't think they trade scope at this point. I don't think they trade anyone, honestly. No, I don't Maybe. need Willie Peralta. Peralta. They might trade Peralta just because he's been on a hot streak and arms are pitching arms are coveted during this stretch. I would be all right with that. That's okay. Yeah, and we're not going to get anything of substance for him. No, but at the same time, he's almost irrelevant with all the arms they have. And So what are your surprises for this season? Well, overall, I'm very surprised on how well the team has played as a whole. I'm surprised at how quickly Casey Mize and Tariq Skubal have come along. So we talked about this earlier before the season even started. I had some doubts. Yeah. I had some doubts about Mize and Skubal. Yeah. Uh, and they've shoved those doubts right down my throat. Uh, not so much Skubal, but Mize. Mize, is, he looks like he's been pitching for 10 years. At, yeah, at, at points in his in his game. Yeah, it's pretty amazing because last year uh, they both were up, and Scoobal looked like by far he was the superior pitcher. He had more poise, and he more... does have a he does have a stronger arm. I think he uh, has the 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 potential to be the, like the 250 strikeout guy. I don't think yeah. Mize is going to be that guy. I don't either, but somehow I think I think Mize is going to be the Verlander, and Scoobal will be the Scherzer. I know that's yeah. a hack thing to say, but I think it's no, true. I think, yeah, I think that's true, too. I, I, it, where does Manning? Do you think Manning's going to end up being something? Yeah, I, I think I, he I'm does. I'm torn on him. I'm torn on him. Yeah, I know. I, I, I am, too, but I think he does. I don't. I could almost see him as a Rick Porcello type. Okay. That's a solid. Uh, that's a solid uh, pitcher. Yeah, that and, and that's what I think he'll be, a solid pitcher, not necessarily somebody that you're going to be like, oh, he's pitching tonight, we're winning this game. So you're slotting him at like, probably like a number three or number four starter. Yeah, three or four. Uh, and who's your number one, Mize or, or Skull? I think it's going to be Mize. In my Mize, Mize is going to be your, your ace? Yeah, I think Mize is the ace and Scoobles the solid too. Yeah, I think th- I, I, I like that. Um Sucks. Uh, this week we we found out that uh, Spencer Turnbull uh, will have to have Tommy John surgery. Yeah, he's a guy that really intrigues me too because he seems to have gotten so good out of nowhere. It sucks because yeah, he the previous years he was he was part of the teams that were losing. He lost yeah. uh, 17 games the year before. Lost more games than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And then this year, something clicked, and he and he just realized how to pitch. Yeah, and and then your arm falls off. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing at the, these days that Tommy John surgery usually means you come back stronger than ever. Is that what it is now? I don't know. That's what I like to think. It seems uh, like there's a lot more successes these days than failures when they come back. So hopefully. Sure. 
So uh, Jake Rogers was also put on the uh, injured reserve this week, also with possible Tommy John surgery. Uh, and he was part of – so there's – in any good team or any decent team, there's a heart of the team. And I think Jake Rogers was part of that heart. Mm-hmm. I, I also think Robbie Grossman is part of that. I think he is one of the reasons why this team is as good as they are. As they are. And I don't know how you feel about this, and I and I and I sent you the message about it, but Grossman reminds me a lot of Kirk Gibson. Yeah, you sent me that, and I I thought about it, and I agree with that. He's got a lot of grit and determination, and he's having arguably the best year of his career. Yeah, he's at like fourteen or fifteen home runs right now, and he's, that's that's a yeah, career he, high. He's he might be a 2020 guy this year and he never has been before. Yeah. He's just having a, like a breakout season. And I, and I think that uh, we're not giving him enough credit for this team. No, he, he I, I feel like he sets the pace for the team. And I, at, I, at fear, least the, I fear that he's going to get traded. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to say that out loud because I don't want to put it out there in the, the atmosphere, but he has so much good about him, like the way he, even if he doesn't get a hit, if he, even if he doesn't get a walk, he works the pitcher so much. And that's, that's a, a, a really important lost art mm-hmm. in this game. And uh, I, I fear that some, a team like the Yankees want him. Yeah, I could see the Yankees wanting him. Well, I mean, it is a lost art. And I feel like this team has been a lot better than in teams past of having some plate discipline. For for sure. Yeah. Like there was years where walks weren't even people are like, what, what is a walk? You know? Right. And, and you can tell this team is built a lot differently because they're built like a national league team. Yeah. Robbie Grossman, as I said, might have a 2020 season. In years past, he'd be lucky if a Tigers team even totaled 20 stolen bases as a team in a season. Absolutely. Uh, that brings up their they're second in stolen bases right now in the American League with 62. That's amazing, and I love it because we, I, we hadn't had 60 uh, during the 2006 to 2012 reign of terror that Tigers were on. Yeah. I don't think we had 60 stolen bases that whole time. <laughs> probably not. If I you mean, look back, probably not. We had Johnny Damon for a couple of years. He might have had 20 stolen bases during that time. Other than that, maybe Cameron Mabin. Mabin. Uh, oh wait, but, you're forgetting about the spark plug, Quentin Barry, which is a name <laughs> for the past. Oh, oh wait, you know, actually, yeah, he was fat. He, yeah, okay, so maybe we might have approached 60 in six years, but we got 62 in one year, and that blows my mind. And that's 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 uh, AJ Hinch for sure being well. Okay, so I think the Astros are a National League team. I keep thinking that the Astros are a National League team. They're not, but they play a National League style of uh, baseball. No, they used to be a National League team. That's why you're confused. Yeah, I know, I know. And the Milwaukee Brewers were yeah. a National League team. Now they're National League. It doesn't make any sense. Also, uh, if I may, uh, you may. The, to the to, to the MLB 2021 show creators, how could you do Prince Fielder so wrong? 
He is the fattest fucking player <laughs> on that game. It's horrible. Wait, why is he in the game? Uh, well, they have like legends and heroes oh, okay. and all this shit. All right. And and my diamond team played him today, and he came up. He could bear. He was he was like dragging his bat to the to the plate, and <laughs> he tripped over his stomach. And I was like, "Come on, guys! <laughs> he has a brain aneurysm or something. He had to quit because of his neck or something. It was it was ridiculous." Yeah. The one thing I remember about Prince Fielder <laughs> watching him play the pop at third base. <laughs> Well, there was that, yeah. The fact that he lacked any fundamentals when it came to base sliding. Like, <laughs> that was, he skipped that class. Yeah, that was horrible. I uh, stuck up for him because I'm a tiger true and true, but sure, that's fucking horrible. Whenever I went to a game in person and he was at bat and he hit a, a pop-up, that motherfucker was a mile in the air every <laughs> time. It was the highest pop-up you could ever have. Mom, that ball's on fire! Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Was, those were good times. Uh, Speaking of MLB, MLB The Show 2020, or MLB 20, whatever it was called, that was my, my that was the only thing I had during lockdown last year. So I played the shit out of it. And I signed, obviously, I played as the Tigers, and there was a free agent on the um, just sitting there on the waiver wire named Victor Abreu, who was 20 year, 21 years old. And he had like all this power. So I signed him and I played half a season and he had like 46 home runs already. Jesus. 46 home runs and a half? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've been playing uh, MLB The Show 21. And I've been rebuilding the team. I haven't traded any of the prospects yet. But for somehow, I don't know how I've accumulated these talents, but I have Shohei Atani. I have uh, Vladimir Grill Jr. Oh, my gosh. And I have uh, the Cincinnati Reds uh, first baseman. Can't think of his name right now. And I have – oh, and I have <laughs> – uh, Shane Bieber as well. Oh, okay. And I'm under, pay- I'm under payroll. We're still losing a lot of games, but I blame that on me because I don't know how to play. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, there was no point to that, but. Well, I appreciate it. Nonetheless, maybe during the off season, we'll play MLB the show and, Talk about that. That's a good idea. I like that. <laughs> um, since you brought up the Reds, that brings up another interesting name in the free agent list for next year. One, Nicholas Castellanos. Good idea. Good question. Here's So I think he would have been traded this year. Yeah. But then he broke his wrist. Yeah. So there's going to be probably some skeptic- skepticism about trading for him. Although if I'm a team that's trying to get to the first place or trying to get a bigger lead, I would take, I would take a waiver on it. I would try. Mm-hmm. But uh, he is a free agent next year. Do you think the Tigers make a play? Uh, no, 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 there's no room for him. I don't think. Because, well, not. I mean, 
Because he plays in the position that uh, Badu plays in, right? Yeah, and I guess it all depends on whether or not you believe in Akil Badu. Do you, Dennis, believe in Akil Badu? I don't know if I am 100% sold on him, but I love the story. Uh, I love how he plays. He plays with uh, a lot of heart, and that goes a long way with me because I'm used to losing anyways. So, so I, I mean, as long as you're playing with heart, man, and that kid loves baseball, and yeah. I think he's part of the reason why we're where, where, where? Part of the reason why <laughs> we are, and uh, is he the real deal? I don't know. But the- I mean, there's been a lot of talk about him winning Rookie of the Year, which I, I'm not sure I, I agree with. I would, I would, I would do it. I would vote for him for sure. Um, because I guess I would have to look at the other players that are in the game for it, but. Based on what the Tigers are doing this year, I think a lot of it has to do with him. Mm-hmm. So that has to be, you know, kind of considered. I know he's I mean, not hitting a lot of home runs like he was in the early season. But I don't know. He's creating a lot of havoc, I think. Yeah, he he's had a really interesting season where he came out of literally nowhere to make mm-hmm. the team. And then he was probably the most exciting player in baseball for the first two weeks. For sure. And then the learning curve hit and he struggled. And then he all of a sudden learned how to to adjust to that. Yeah, he figured it out. He's learning how to play the game in front of like thousands of people. And he's only 22 years old. 22 years old. Gives me a lot of hope. I think in the long term, I believe in Akil Badu. Uh, I, I absolutely do too. I think he's the heart. He and Grossman, uh, Mize, those are the, the those are the things that we build upon to become. Because we can't we can't just buy players because a lot of players aren't going to just sign contracts for money. A lot of teams, a lot of players are just going to sign contracts with big teams like the Yankees, the Red Sox. So we have to have a heart of the team, yeah. If, if that makes sense, we'll, we'll pick up a free agent here and there, but they're not going to be the, the 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 studs, the aces. Mm-hmm. So would you vote Akil Badu as Rookie of the Year over Casey Mize? Oh man, because Casey Mize is in consideration as well. Yeah, he has to be, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Why not uh, co-rookie of the years? <laughs> sure. Who was the last Tiger to win the uh, rookie of the year? Do you know? Was it? Uh, oh, it was Fulmer, wasn't it? Oh, it was Fulmer. Who was who was it that before that? Verlander. And then? Uh, I don't know. Lou Whitaker, I think. Was it? Yeah, I think so. I'm gonna I check out on my. Hi, <laughs> Michael Fulmer. Thing, don't fact I'm, check me. God damn it. I, don't fact check me. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, Fulmer was rookie of the year in 2016. And boy, oh boy, did I think he was going to have such the best career ever. So where is he at now? Is he in the minor leagues or was he just cut? Because I, no, I, he got hurt. So, OK, so he got hurt again. Yeah, he's been dealing with an injury. Oh, my God. He won rookie of the year in 2016 when was an all star in 2017. 
I have a signed baseball card from him because I was so excited. That guy was awesome. The story with him is even better because he won Rookie of the Year and then he was a janitor or something after. He was a plumber. He, a plumber. he in the off season he he promised his buddy he would help with his buddy's uh, plumbing business, and so that's what he did. He was a man of his word and it's crazy. Was in Ohio fixing pipes and whatnot. That is crazy. Um, are there? Okay, so this is a horrible way to end a show. But <laughs> who is the worst Detroit Tiger of all time? Who's who's the one Tiger that you just was like, no, don't put him in, don't put him at bat, or don't pitch him. Oh, that's easy for me. Is it? Yeah, it was Ryan Rayburn. Really? Oh, I hated Ryan Rayburn. Now, why did you hate Ryan Rayburn? Because he was, he, he, he was a decent player. No, he wasn't. Because every was time decent. I watched him strike out so many times, he he was out in the outfield in one game, and I swear to God, a ball bounced off his head or something, think, and it yeah, lost the I game. Did, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, he was every fucking time that there was a pivotal moment in the game, I swear to God, Brian Rayburn came up to bat and he was just the scapegoat every time. So I just, I just learned to hate him. I'm like, you suck, sir. How about you? What do you got? Uh, It's going to be the the most polarizing answer of all time. People are going to fucking be irate with this, but my, my all time unfavorite player is Brandon Inge. Oh, I could see that. Because this motherfucker check I could see that. Check swing his goddamn swing every fucking time. And I was just like, just swing the bat, dude. But I will say he probably was one of the better field fielding players. Um do, do you remember when Mickey got traded to the Tigers and uh Brandon Jones Inge saw his third base spot getting taken by Miguel Cabrera <laughs> yeah. and, and Inge was like, well, whatever, whatever happens, happens. Like if he needs tips and how to play third base, I'll give it to him. I'm like, listen, dude, you're Brandon Inge. That's Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> you got he, shitty arm tattoos. Just sit down. <laughs> yeah. It was a young Miguel Cabrera, but he was still Miguel Cabrera back then. So <laughs> just relax. Yeah. Just simmer down now, son. An uh, additional news about Brandon Inge. I went to Tigers Fest one year. Okay. And Brandon Inge signed one of my baseballs. Nice. Yeah. And what did he sign it? What? What, what? How did he sign it? Just his name or was there anything like? No, just his name. Oh. Well, well, I walked up to the thing, and, like, before that, so before that, I had a baseball signed by Johnny Peralta, who I tried to talk to, and he didn't understand a single word I was saying. <laughs> so uh, after that, I was like, well, I guess I'm not talking to any baseball players. <laughs> so I, I I got up to Brandon Inge, and, he started saying words to me and I was not comprehending the fact that he was saying words to me. And I'm you like, became, you became whatever Johnny Peralta was. Yeah, absolutely. You, so he said like three entire sentences to me and I said, huh? <laughs> I was that guy. I was al- allegedly starstruck in front of Brandon Inge. Oh, you were starstruck. From I, I, that's what I'm chalking it up to. I don't know. 
but (laughs) he repeated himself. He's like, well, do you want me to make it out to somebody? He goes, are you selling this on eBay or something? (laughs) No, I'm not. Okay. Okay, cool. So I'll sign his name. (laughs) So I'll I'll give you a, so I'll end, we'll end the show with my story about how uh, I covered opening day for the Tigers. Um, it was uh, Travis Fryman's last season. Oh my gosh. I think it was his last season, or maybe it was just the first time he was coming to Comerica Park after being traded. Okay. So he was with the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, I was with the Midland Daily News, if you are familiar with that newspaper. And uh, we went down there. Not to interrupt, but how did you get that job? How does one get a job to write about the Detroit Tigers? Okay, so, well, okay. Uh, funny thing is, I was hired there for the sports stringer job, which is basically just answering phone calls for high school sports. Okay. Um, but nobody wanted to cover the Tigers on opening day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it was 2002. I, I could be wrong on the year. Um, but also, they, they knew that I was, I was a big Tiger fan, and, and I worked my way up. But, uh, yeah, so I started with, as a, a sports stringer doing high school sports, football, basketball, all that shit. And they asked me if I wanted to cover opening day with the group. And I was like, fuck, yeah, of course I do. So we went to Comerica Park. I sat in the the um what do they call it? <laughs> I sat the by press each, box. the press box, yeah. Uh yeah. do you remember um on WJRT TV channel twelve, there was a sportscaster named Dick Phelps, I think his name was. I could be wrong on the name, but whatever his name was, he was No, sitting- his last name was definitely Phelps. It might have been Ed though. Jim Phelps, something like that. Oh, Ed yeah. Phelps, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. it was Ed. something like something like that. I could be wrong, but I was sitting right next to him in the first pitch. Cleveland hit a, a home run, leadoff home run, and he looked at me and he said, "Best thing about these games are the peanuts." And he and he, put, <laughs> <laughs> and he slapped this bowl of peanuts at me, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> But so we lost. Um, we, uh, obviously, we lost the game, and I had to go into the Tigers dugout to interview. No, I had to go into Cleveland Indians dugout to interview Travis Fryman. Okay. Couldn't find him. Couldn't find him for the life of me. And I'm just um. So I'm you know I'm just I'm just a yoke, local yokel. Yeah. You know, stumbling around trying to find Travis Fryman. I think at one time I just did this. Travis! (laughs) Might as well. (laughs) Because I was lost. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, you yell Travis. He'll yell Fryman. You'll find him. (laughs) Travis! Fryman! And lo and behold, I swear to you, on my dad's grave, Jim Tomey came up to me. Oh, shit. And he says, uh, Travis is having uh, dinner. He's, he was hungry after the game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I don't know if I don't know if that was true. He just yeah. said he's, he's busy. He's eating. And I was like, okay, thank you. Uh, could I get maybe some comments from you? And then this happens. And I've I've spoken of this moment many times on different podcasts. 
uh, and it's it's it changed it altered my life in great deal. As I asked Jim Tomey if he had any comments about the game, Alice Burks came out of the shower. And what I thought was a baseball bat was his penis. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I have to go. <laughs> and and that's the truth. That's the goddamn truth. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so ends Dennis' sports (laughs) career. It was a great dream, but then he saw a penis and it was all over. No, 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 no. It wasn't just a penis. The penis looked like a baseball bat. Oh, well, I mean, I suppose that's appropriate. Should we cut this out of the first episode of of the podcast? Oh, I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. You're in charge of the editing. Maybe this goes on to the bonus episode for Patreon subscribers. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> um, I think we uh, we did good work here, Randy. I do too. But before we go, Dennis, I <laughs> no. want to do one last thing real okay. quick. All right. Oh, are you ready to go? Are you like phoning? No, 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 no. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. I, I feel as if I, I ruined the show with my Alice Burke's penis joke, but okay. <laughs> Before we go, Dennis, I want to do a thing called Miggy Watch because, God damn it. Where's he at? He's at 494 HRs. 39. Is he going to get it this year? I don't think he's going to. I'm leaning towards he's not going to, but he should. <laughs> well, yeah, he we, should. we want him to. Uh, it's you... only six, but oh, God damn it. Is he going to get it at all? Like, if he doesn't get it this season, will he get it next season? Yes, I think he gets there. You think he has six more in the shell? Yeah, I think he gets 500 home runs. Uh, he's at 2,931 hits, so... 61 away from 3,000. Your math is horrible. What? 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 61? What did you say? I said 2,931. That would be 69. Yeah, it would be 69, not 61. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I meant 69. Okay. Of course you did, you fucking pervert. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you think he gets to 3,000 hits? Uh, how many games we got? So tonight was game 100, so we have 62 games left. We said how 69 hits? Yeah. Man, I don't know. It's gonna be tough. I don't think so. Yeah, I but think he that's, could. I think but he that's could go on a year. tear too. He could go on a tear. I mean, he has been a lot better, um, the last few months than he was in the beginning. So. For sure. Yeah. Um, he had that big game a couple of days, a couple of days ago, a couple, <laughs> a couple of days ago against the Rangers, where he had uh, five RBI. Five yeah. hours. And then yeah. he had to sit down for a couple of days because he was like tired. Uh, I don't it, know, man. It he really was, breaks my heart. Uh, he was my favorite player. He can still be your favorite player, Randy. I, he's, he is, but it just breaks my heart because he should have had an. I mean, he, he is having an all time great career, but I expected it to be better than it is. Okay. So, what do you mean? How, how do you expect it to be better? Because. 
like we just said, he had four. He has 494 home runs. He's 69 hits away from 3,000. He's got a world championship, so he doesn't need that. And part of me wonders if maybe he would have been a better player had he not had that world champion, world championship with Florida. Oh, maybe. He, I don't know. I, I mean, know that I, I see a lot of fun in his face right now. Like he's having a good time. Oh, yeah. He looks like he's having a great time. Yeah. When he uh, blooped that single for the win against uh, Minnesota, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And, and the team just like surrounded him. That was the happiest I've seen Miguel Cabrera in a long time. And I think that was a part of the reason why we won like six or seven straight games. Um, yeah. But I mean, we, it's... We, we're very lucky, you know, we're extremely lucky to have been able to watch this guy play baseball for like the last 10 years. Oh, I know. I, years. I'm an, a spoiled and entitled sports fan. Oh, and like, I am too. I, I get, I, I get on his ass too. Like, like he, the, the dude is like 38 years old. He's, he's hit yeah. 494 home runs. And he's given his all. And then when he pops up something, pops up a ball with two on, you're like, God damn it. Why don't you do anything? He's done everything. He's literally (laughs) done everything. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we got to watch Miguel Cabrera. We got to watch Justin Verlander win a Cy Young and an MVP in the same year. Yeah, we've seen a triple crown winner in Cabrera. Verlander wins a Cy Young and an MVP. Uh, The one thing we haven't seen is a World Series. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, I mean, unless you're you're old like me, I remember. Yeah, the, I mean, but we we had a we had years of winning from 2006 to 2012. We we've had it pretty good. The last couple of years, not so great. Yeah, that's that's the doing of uh, Dombrowski. Or yeah, maybe, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's just the way that baseball is this in this age. I don't yeah. know. And I'm looking at Cabrera's stats, and he had the obviously the back-to-back MVPs, and he had the one year where he, he was lost out to Josh Hamilton, which was bullshit, and another year where he was a runner-up. So I mean, he's had an illustrious career. Uh, the, he's going straight into the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, his first down year was 2017, where he had 16 home runs and batted 249 and so, since since then he hasn't really bounced back because of injuries and stuff but it happens so, i guess so say you're a, a general manager for a new franchise baseball team in 2004 or 5 or whatever yeah and you have the pick of between miguel cabrera or albert pujols who do you take oh geez um I th- think I would take Cabrera. I would too. In in the reason, I'll give you my reasoning, and you can give me your reasoning if you want to. But he just seems like a better teammate. Yeah, that's the long and short of it. He's you can see him out there. He still has fun. Like there was pictures of him, like reading one of the draft picks the Tigers just had. Ty Madding it. Ty Madden in the d- dugout just shaking his hand and stuff. And I mean, that's just a little gesture, but in that kid's mind, it's huge. For sure. 
And that's and that, not something I see Pujols doing at all. No. Yeah. Pujols had this aura of, I'm better than everybody else in this game. Yeah, he was like the Terminator or something. Yeah. And Miguel is always out there smiling, laughing, having fun. Pulling people's pants down. I mean, Possibly whatever. Dangerous. You, you got to keep the situation light, right? Yeah, for sure. Especially when you're losing all the time. Yeah, I'd have a good time, too, if I was making $30 million a year. Oh, God. Constant if I, smile. If I was making $30 million a year, man, I would drink a lot of beer. Uh, I mean, <laughs> what else would you do? I don't know. But this has been the first episode of Long Gone with Dennis and Randy, or Randy and Dennis. We haven't decided which one, which name is going first. Maybe you guys decide. Vote. Ooh, take a vote. Take a vote, you motherfuckers. Yeah. But uh, I had a good time. I hope you had a good time, Randy. Yeah, I didn't. Shit. You did it again, Dennis. You killed another podcast. <laughs> uh, do you like the lions? Do you like the pistons or anything like that? Do I like... Oh, let me tell you about the lions. <laughs> Yesterday, in fact, I was in the parking lot of 7-fucking-11. Randy, was, we're not doing a Lions podcast. It was a joke. No, you let, let me tell this story, and I was walking out the door, and some black dude in a junkie car stopped and said, bro, hey, bro, and I look, and he said, do you know you look like Jared Goff? And I said, I've never heard that before, but I'll take that compliment. And that gentleman said, go Lions. And I said, go Lions. And that's who I am. I am Jared Goff, and I am hosting this podcast. <laughs> so thank you for listening to Long Gone with me and Jared Goff. Uh, Absolutely. Quarterback from the Detroit Lions. <laughs>